98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum football. Maximum Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Please welcome from the University of Florida, tackle is joining us. That means it's a Wednesday, Wolf, which means it's almost, we're basically almost into the football week. With the Maximum football. It's a good Thursday. Did you see the uniforms the Bengals are wearing tomorrow? Yeah, the all-whites. Yeah. yeah I love like it. the white helmet, too. Like too, everything. I'm yeah. it. Max Stark's joining us right now. I'm sure he wants to talk about how cool the Bengals are. Max, how you doing? Hey, guys. How are we today? We doing good? I'm doing great, man. Are you kidding me? Kyler Murray, they, actually, yeah. they just were talking to Kyler about being under center more and whether or not he's okay with it. I love it. <laughs> you need to engage the conversation. It's the happiest I've ever seen, Wolf yeah. Max, so you have good timing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, listen, it needs to happen. If you want to be a full-fledged team, that can be multidimensional offensively. Yes. You're cutting yourself in half by doing everything from shotgun. Yes. Yeah. It's like a, it would be like a magician showing you all of his tricks. <laughs> I love and, it. And then, and then expecting you to be amazed when, when he does. Dude, you just showed me that you have like the little trick thing that shoots the card up to your hand. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it might be interesting like the first time around, but by the 17th <laughs> yeah. time you've watched it, you're like, I already know what's happening. Your analogies are the best, man. <laughs> it wasn't even yeah. about food. <laughs> especially, exactly. the, especially the food analogies. No, don't I'm, I'm hungry already. Okay, good. Uh, all right, Max. Um, there's been a million million different ways to talk about how much the Cardinals have struggled at the start of these games. Being outscored 31 nothing in the first quarters, you know, they haven't led at all all season except for the final second of the Raiders game. But starting with just the 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 slow starts and falling behind and playing from behind, what in your mind is is a potential cause for that? You know, I I think it's honestly it, it's because and I'm going to come back to this point I said at the beginning of the year when you don't play in the preseason, the first three games of the season are your preseason at that point, right? Yeah. You've essentially just moved back your progress. So when we're seeing the Cardinals right now struggle out the gates, it's because there's no offensive chemistry between everyone. And you've added new pieces. You've changed things around. And these guys haven't repped it live until you get into the games. And so I think, honestly, that's what it is. I think as we – Get into what I think this week and next week and moving forward into the second quarter of the season. I think you're going to see, you know, this Cardinals offense come alive and especially when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. But um, I think that's really what it is. It comes down to guys have not played together. You had a bunch of guys injured and guys are coming back. So everybody's kind of getting the paces and getting back into a groove with each other. And you're doing it on a competitive environment. I think that's the other thing that makes it so tough is that, you know, you're sitting here and, you know, you're playing competitive, tough games right out the gate. And you got, it's almost like a shock to the system. Now, granted, this week will not be a shock to the system. It's the Carolina Panthers. But <laughs> um, this is a good test for the Cardinals on the road going to Charlotte. Obviously, we'll see how the weather is by then um, with the hurricane. But, you know. This is something I think that'll be a good thing. I think this will get everybody back into rhythm with a team that's 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 good, that's okay, but this is a game 
you expect the Cardinals to win. And just just looking at the rosters, I'm sorry, I will never give Baker Mayfield credence. Yeah. Um, and leading this Carolina team, and the, you know they have Christian McCaffrey. That that's literally the only saving grace offensively for them. And um, you know, I, I just I think it's just a matter of. They got delayed because they did not participate in the preseason. Max, how would you – what do you suspect the offensive line would like to see, would, especially in the first quarter? Do you think they'd like to come off the ball a little bit maybe and run the ball and get a little greasy on the very first series? Do you think they'd like to do more of that? Uh, Wolf? I don't know of a single offensive lineman that has ever been an offensive lineman or would like to be an offensive lineman that would not say, please let me run the ball. If you if you had an offensive lineman actually run out, right out the first 15, you might have 14 straight run plays in a screen. Like that's literally we would we would not script a single pass unless it was like a three step drop where we just cut everybody at the line of scrimmage. Like you're not getting that in there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think you would, and and more so going right at people, right? Yeah, the Sean Coogler DNA. You want to go gap. You want to go power. You want to yes. go wham trap and just blow people up. That that's honestly what they'd like to do. And I and I think and they have the personnel to do it. They have guys who who can go out there and accomplish that, but it's just like you said, it's just taking the taking taking the leash off the dog, right, and just letting them hunt, and that's what you have to get with this offensive line. Because I think yeah. all of those guys would agree with that. But Max, so many people, I think they they look at running the ball and they don't think of starting quickly. You know what I mean when you run the ball? Yeah. It is. I think they, you know, you need to get into a rhythm throwing the ball, and and you need to be able to do that and get the ball out quickly, and you know everyone. I think focuses on that when running the ball. You could, man, you could get up there and run the ball and still start quickly. You know, I, I, I think to, absolutely. Yes. Uh, no, go ahead, Max. I, I was going to say, I, it, it, you know who, you know, the people that complain about that are the people that play fantasy football. Exactly. And they need their wide receivers to get points. You're right. Those are the people crying the loudest about it because who's to say you can't go punch somebody in the mouth and get a twenty-five yard gain? Yes. Right. Or you have a breakaway, you know, 75-yard run to start a game. You can do that. It's legal to do that. And if you get the, if you block a body on a body, guess what? And you got poor tackling like the Carolina Panthers have in their secondary? This is absolutely a possibility. Yes. And that is a fast start. It's just people think because it's not air yardage. Right. It's not traveling across you know, the air into a receiver's hands <laughs> for one point of contact to another, they think that, oh, it's four yards, in, you know, four yards in a cloud of smoke, dust. No, this is you so can absolutely boring. go blow them off. <laughs> yeah, you could go blow somebody's face off and just blow the barn doors open. Right. Trust me, Max it, sounds, it happens all the time. <laughs> sounds like such an offensive lineman right now. And we're, we're hitting all the, we're pushing all the wolf buttons here. You got Kyler talking about Man, playing I'm from under center. You got Max saying fantasy football is ruining offenses. Uh, real quick. <laughs> here this is Greg Dortch talking about the focus on the slow starts for the Cardinals I, mean, I just feel like we're close we're, uh, we're, we're missing out on little things that um, eventually um, you'll, you'll start to see it click but uh, I think we just need to go out and just continue to do what we've been doing um, 
and I feel like I feel like it's going to turn around for us. We just got to focus on the little details and um, everything a plan out are supposed to. Yeah, Max. The the flip side of this, and we talked to to Cliff Kingsbury about this on Monday too. You know, you, you want to make sure everybody's focused because this is obviously an issue and, it, and it's putting them in a real tough spot in these games. But is there a a risk of almost over focusing on the first series or two of the game, and then all of a sudden you're, you're kind of doing more damage than good? Yeah, I mean the first series is your is your first fifteen scripted plays like that that that's every team does it. That is what we have scripted. That's what we've prepped for. This is what we expect, and this is what we're sticking to for the first fifteen plays of the game. Now, if you score in seven, then you come back to that. You score quickly. You score long. You you run out of plays. Then you start playing the you know the chess match. But the first fifteen is what your bread and butter is. It's your base offensive plays that you feel strong about versus whatever the defense can throw at you. We can still run these. So I think it's more so executing those top 15 versus scheming those top 15. If that makes sense, uh, Luke. Yeah. No, you almost just called me Wolf. No, that totally does. Does. I did. I almost did. I almost did. I was like, I was like, no, Luke, Luke asked that question. It's okay. All right. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, Max is going to stick around. We're going to get his thoughts on the Suns situation. Monty Williams, DeAndre Ayton, that interaction between player and coach. I'm guessing Max has some uh, experiences he can relay. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Arizona Sports. Dark. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum. With Wolf and Luke, brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Max Starks is joining us here, and of course, Max is here for Maximum Football, so we tend to talk about football things here, but we're going to take a quick break from that, switch over to basketball with everything going on with the Phoenix Suns and the stuff from this week, even, where DeAndre Ayton didn't sound like himself at all on Monday, Wolf, and you and I talked about it, and we kind of finally got to the conclusion that maybe he was trying to send a message, or he was just having a bad day, but it seemed like he was almost trying to send a message. And then, uh, and then certainly yesterday, he just went ahead and said what that message was <laughs> that he, he has not been spoken to by his own head coach. So, Max, let's um, let's start there. I mean, stuff happens, right? You're going to have conflict between a player and a coach. Do you see this as a as a, a big deal if it doesn't get resolved before the season? You know, I, I don't I don't see it being a big reason, but I think also, you know, you have to take this with a you know with a uh, grain of salt. I mean, the fact that. You've got a lot of other issues going on <laughs> with your organization, and we know the off season was the off season, right? As far as you know, how DeAndre Ayton was viewed in free agency, and the whole Ke- you know Kevin Durant sweepstakes, and figuring out what was going to be if he was going to be in the team, or if the the offer sheet was going to come from the Pacers, blah blah blah. But he's here; he agreed to those terms, and I think it's just. You know, it comes a time where you just you have to kind of put things in perspective, but you also have to put things behind you and grow from it. I think there's a lot of tension within the organization and a mixed emotions and feelings. But at the same time, you know, we're, we're all, we, we play, you know, as, as grown men, you play competitive sports. There's testosterone, there's yes. adrenaline mixed in there, and there's feelings and emotions in the moment. And I think 
in the moment has to be simply taken as that. It's an in the moment thing. It's not. It's not a true decree or or a declaration of how I will always be. But I think for DeAndre Ayton, you know, he he's still feeling out his his emotions. I mean, the dude thought he was going to be a franchise multi max guy. And so he's not. And, of course, the way things ended at the end of that last playoff game that I was literally sitting across from the Suns bench on watching game seven, that right downtown there in the arena. I'm sorry. And disappointed as all get out. Trust me. Trust me. Listen, I I was sitting there and I crammed myself into the seat. I wasn't moving. I was like, they're like, hey, man, you want to leave in the third quarter? I said, nope, because it's going to take me about a quarter to get out of this chair. Um but yeah. but no, but it was also I wanted to see, you know, just how the fight would would end for this team. How would they fight for the end? And I think it was a gas team. And so there was just no answers in the moment um, for the Suns because they just had nothing left in them. And we saw that. And I think, you know, every year's a new journey. Not every year is going to be the same. Just because you did last year is not means it's guaranteed this year, and I think they kind of realize that. You know what's amazing about it? I think they're doing it on purpose just as a last-ditch effort to see if this kid will finally get it, if he'll go out and play with the passion, the intensity, and the, aggress- the aggressiveness he needs to. Ah, yeah, it's just me. I could be dead yeah. wrong on that, but for me, this is a tactic that you would use as a coach. Have you ever ever played for a head coach you didn't like, Max? Have you ever played for a head coach? I, 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 I have to. I have to answer that. Oh, the statute of limitation is up. Yes, I did. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you right now, as a pro, I, I didn't like one of my head coaches at all. I did not get along with him at all. I didn't like him. It wasn't going to change my performance. Wasn't going to change me in the least. I think they're trying to get some type of reaction from DA. That's just me. Well, and I think it also means that, you know, what we've seen, is it manufactured because you're up for a contract? Is it manufactured because it's Chris Paul in your ear? <clears throat> can you self, not, I, won't, I don't want to say self-medicate, but can you self-diagnose <laughs> no, you yourself? you do not want to say that. No, you don't want to say that. Do you want to, <laughs> can you self-diagnose yourself and get yourself up? You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't need other people to have to push, prod, poke you to do it. Yeah. Can yeah. you just be a beast because you are a beast? Right. Right? Can you just decide, I'm going to take over the paint? Nobody is going to get in this area for this quarter, and then it switches and goes back, whatever. Um, can, I, can, can, I, can, I, can I dominate this area? Because I know I have, we've seen him have the skills to do it. Yes. We know he has the athletic skill set. But it's the mentality. And when you think of guys that you want to usually give a max contract to, it's the mentality. It's the assassin. It's the bully. You know, it's the bulwark. It's yeah. whatever you, whatever phrase of, of imposing and domination you want to use, those are the guys that usually get it. And so you can't self-proclaim it or it be, I, I need it, but I need this guy to be here for me to unlock it. I can't. I lost the key. He knows the combination. So I need him here for me to be a max player. No, you have to be a self-made dog. 
This, uh, Max, I, I'm of the belief that this is easily fixable if it really was just an oversight. Uh, but, you know, if it's intentional, like Wolf is saying, then that's something that you probably would carry into the season. I hear what you guys are saying about, you know, you don't have to like your coach. And I agree with that, especially in football. I agree with it in hockey. I agree with it to a certain extent in baseball. Basketball is a much smaller team, and this was such a tight-knit team. Isn't there some risk if they go into the season and we get two or three months into a season and DA's like, yeah, I'm playing for my teammates, but I don't like the coach I see every 20 seconds uh yeah but I just I don't I but I don't I don't see that being being the real deal I think like I said I think it's just emotions in the moment right I think once you get into a season once you start locking in you know everybody's going to have that buy-in even if you are playing for your teammates only that's not necessarily the worst thing ever I mean great things have happened when guys have only played for their teammates and not for the coach um, play for yourself, th- Max. That's what I would it, say. I honestly, yeah. I, I didn't need to go play well, for my teammates. You didn't, but since you're a part of a team construct and you need those other players to play well, you know, I get why you make that statement. But yes, you look at it. You are playing for yourself. You're playing for your contract. You know, say you're playing for a big deal. So you I, are my wife's in essence got a still Gucci playing. Card. Yeah, see, there you go. I don't even know what that means, but cool. (laughs) I mean, honestly, Max, to me, go play for yourself. Play for your family. Play for who you are as a man. What you're saying. But those are the first two things you're doing. Yeah, those are the first two things you're doing, and then team is third. Let's not be naive to the fact that this is DeAndre Ayton. And so do you really see DeAndre Ayton? And like I said, Max, I tend to agree with you, but if there is any intention behind this with Monty Williams, do you really see D.A.? Okay, he just got paid, and he's going to play all season not liking Monty Williams. I don't think he's going to play well. I mean, Devin Booker, maybe. Kobe Bryant, maybe. DeAndre Ayton, I, I, don't, I don't think that that's – it just it doesn't fit his personality. Maybe that's the goal is to get him out of his normal personality. Yeah, I want D.A. out of his normal personality because when he's out of his normal personality, he balls. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to hear another press conference where he's talking about I'm an entertainer. No, yeah. no, you're 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 a basketball player that entertains me. That's that that that's what it comes down to. You can think of yourself however you want to say, it, but you are a basketball player first. Your identity. If you walk in a grocery store and you walk up to somebody and say, "Hey, where's the Great Northern Beans at?" They're going to say, "Oh my God!" Even if they don't know who you are, did you play basketball? Oh yeah, I'm an entertainer. You know, um, I don't look at myself as a basketball player. I like to entertain people. You know. I don't like doing jump hooks all day. I like to run and jump, shoot the ball. So doing this is fun. And, you know, uh, I look forward to uh, times like this, playing in front of everybody and showing what I got. Sounds like that was so 100 years ago. It sounds like that was so it, not even the it's same like guy. nails on a chalkboard. It is so bad. <laughs> Uh, All right, Max going to stick around for more Maximum Football. When we come back, Kyler Murray spoke today after practice. You already know some of what he said. We'll get you some more next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Arizona Sports. Max starts. Max starts. With Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. All right, Max Starks is here. Uh, Kyler Murray spoke today because it is a Wednesday, and this tends to be when Kyler speaks. So we have Max here to help uh, analyze some of what he is saying. 
Uh, just spoke after practice. Kyler Murray on here. I'll just start here, Wolf, because I found your clip. If, Thank it, you. if it matters to him, uh, if he is under center or in the shotgun. Does it matter to me? I, it, it matters in the sense of... Uh, you know what it takes to be successful. You know, I I, I definitely uh, I'll do whatever it takes to win. If it if that calls for me being under center, um, then it does. But I mean, I, I would say yeah, it matters if you know. All right, Max. I'm going to let you react because if you if you let Wolf go first, the show is going to end before you get to talk on this one. So, what do you think when you hear Kyler Murray say that? Well, my, how far we've come in, in what will be almost 50 games uh, from someone who seemed to be almost you know, allergic to going under center to now coming to the premise that, you know what? I don't like getting hit and I like making big plays, but, you know, so maybe there's something to this under center thing, you know, but... Uh, I, th- I think I think it is a shift. I think it is something that, it, listen, while he says it, hold him accountable to it. <laughs> like, like, don't let that go, you know. And, and I think once you start to realize in the NFL versus college how much of an advantage that is. Yeah. Like, you, don't, you can't give the, the opponent anything that's a cue, a tendency, a quirk, anything or else they're going to run with it and they're going to try and key out. That's why they call it keys. They're keying you. And when you stand in the backfield and you have to declare a running back to your left or to your right, or if you're doing the pistol and he's behind you, they can see everything that's going. There's no sleight of hand. So when you run play action, it's a lot tougher to run play action without turning your shoulders. And then now you're turning yourself away from the defense and you lose sight of what the secondary looks like and what the blitz scheme is going to be. Under center, as you're coming back and you're making that fake and you're holding it in your belly, it's a lot more. It's a lot. It's a lot more mysterious. And the defensive ends on the edges. Do I close? Do I just play upfield and play contain? I don't know. And now you have the advantage. If I if, if I don't want to hand it off to my running back because I see that defensive end close on the backside, I'm pulling it and booting it out the back door. But if he does stay in contain, I'm going to hand it off. I mean, those are just the little things that you get. And that's not even talking about the play action. And when a guy runs a belly dive up and that middle linebacker comes up in the line just enough and Zach Ertz can pop right over the middle or you're sending somebody in a crossing route over the middle, you give them between the hashes now free because that linebacker ducked forward three yards and now he can't, he can't recover. All of those things make sense when you're under center. And it's good to be – uh, you know, in shotgun as well, because you have more distance, yes. you can create more space, but there's a time and a place for all of it and at least have all of the tools in the bag. Well, and most of this conversation with Kyler today seemed to start by uh, him talking about the importance of the running game. I think just in general, but especially this Sunday in Carolina where it's going to be raining. And then that led to the conversation about being under center. And so the follow-up was, okay, would be uh, being under center more potentially actually just help the running game. It depends. Uh, it depends on the scheme. What we're doing, you know, if we're going to hand it off or um, the only, you know, the thing about if I'm under center, they say it takes away the, the ability for me to keep the ball and all stuff. It's, you know, it's a lot of stuff that goes into it. <laughs> a lot of stuff goes into it. Yeah, you know, I, I it's a lot of science yeah. and yeah, uh, science, geometry, but you know angles. What? I don't think it hurts his chances of keeping the ball. I don't. It's called a bootleg. No. <laughs> it's called exactly. a waggle. You know, get out yeah. on the perimeter, man. You can run it sometimes when you get out there, right? Let alone throw it as well. I, I, it gives you the option. 
of doing either or. So, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I just I, I think it would help him. I'm not talking about 40 times a game. I'm not. I'm not saying no. that suddenly it's got to be dominant that he's under center. I'm not. I've said this for the longest time, man. You tell me that there's 14, 15. Maybe you get a little kooky and you go 17 snaps under center. Just something where when you need to go under center and need to beat a team by by putting your quarterback under center, you can do it. And that, to me, typically um, shows itself in the late part of the season, in, in December, where it's it's an inclement weather maybe you're faced with, and now all of a sudden you've got to do some things that are a little bit different, whether it's the red zone, situational football, being able to convert on short yardage and goal line situations, or running the ball in the red zone. I mean, you've got to be able to do everything. That's why I say mix it all together, Max. And once again, Wolf, like I said, it just presents a different avenue and more tools in the bag it's just more for the defense to prepare for exactly and 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 that's the thing it you just want to make it as as i like to see it as as well versed and as differentiated as you can to where the defense can't hone in on what you do good right it's almost like going to a buffet like hey man i really want some carved turkey Oh, well, let's go to the buffet. It's like, well, okay, where's the carved turkey? There's like 17 different stations, all this other stuff. I forgot what I, what I, what I was looking There's for. There's my food so now, now I'm hungry. Yeah, hey, once again, and we're, t- we're at 1 o'clock, so you're, you're good. Okay. You're good. One more hour. One more hour, bud. Right. Just, let that al- just let that apple or that protein bar you got there just resonate. I have water. Just let it warm up Thanks. a little bit. But what if you uh, hate the buffet? Yeah. Right? What if you hate? Like I can't stand the buffet. All right, honestly, people breathing all over your food that you're eventually going. to Well, that's why they have the little the little splash guard sneeze guard thing, right? It's just it doesn't seem very effective. Well, I mean, but people keep going again. Well, people keep going there, uh, Wolf. I mean, so I think it is pretty effective. And your brother does. That's why I'm I'm like, what household were you raised in? Me and Craig Craig talk about it all the time. I I mean, we're talking. What are you doing, Craig? And and okay, do you like lasagna or no? Listen, I do like lasagna. Okay, okay, okay. Because I I was, I don't know if I had to call your mom after that. Like, listen, I don't know if Ron's been in Arizona too long, but I. Feel like he's getting a little different. No, no, no just joking. Else. Uh, here, I'm going to throw this over an open hearth only. He does hot dogs over an open hearth only. Craig, I, I, I can tell you stories about Craig at the buffet. I'm not going to do that. Well, maybe what next were week you we going should do, to that. do? Uh, I was going to throw this out there too because this has been a topic of conversation. I'm going to throw out the stat that our own Vince Murata tweeted out yesterday, um, and, and Dave Burns was talking about yesterday as well. And look, the actual arbitrary numbers of the stat, I don't want to get too caught up in them. Just more of the concept. Cardinals 9-1 and when Kyler Murray runs 10 or more times in the game. They're 14-14 when he runs 5-9 to nine times. And when he's got four or less attempts, he they are 0-11-1, including the postseason. So those are pretty distinct numbers. Kyler was, talked, or was asked about it today on, uh, on how much it impacts the team when he runs. And now that audio is just gone. Uh, here we go. 
Yeah, I, I've seen the stats and stuff like that. Uh, but again, like I said, I, I, the, call, the plays that are called, I try, I try to go out there and execute them. All right, so Max, just what do you think of, maybe not so much what Kyler just said right there, but just the, the concept that this has been the age-old debate with Kyler Murray. You don't want him to get hurt. You don't want to be stupid and just constantly run him. But there is a point when he doesn't run that he's not he's not as dangerous of a weapon, and this offense isn't as dangerous either. Well, I and I agree with that. When you have a mobile quarterback that's as skilled as Kyler Murray, yes, that is going to be what you're going to focus on. You want to get that guy out there. That's why they're called dual threat guys. They can beat you with their legs. They can beat you with their arm. That's why you get them all out and about so that you have two-way goes. Um, but, you know, to make Kyler Murray a pocket passer, I don't think he has the the uh, how, how am I going to be nice about this? He he's not tall enough. Okay, he's not tall <laughs> enough to sit there and be just a pocket passer. Like you have to be on the move. Um, you have to look for those windows. You have to create those windows. And sometimes you have to be able to move the defense with your feet. And that's what he does when you are of a different stature. Um, so I think yeah, it, it, that that's an effective stat because you're talking about a guy that's sub six foot playing a quarterback position. So you have to use. Just like under center, you got to use all the tools in the tool in, in, in the in the toolbox, and that's one of them. His legs equalize him with everybody else. That's what makes him just as good as a passer as a six foot seven guy because he's going to be able to go on the move and he has the athleticism to be able to do those things. But if things do break down, he's not going to throw it away. He could just run away. Guys like Tom Brady, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, they're not out there running the ball. These are the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, and one of the reasons why is because they attack the line of scrimmage and then use play action to throw the ball. That's what they do. That is enough right there. You throw in the fact that Kyler Murray can pull the ball down and run, um, that to me, uh, that makes him so much more effective. It does. But if you're telling me, Max, that you have to run Kyler Murray and design runs, to make your offense work, now you're in all sorts of trouble. Yeah, but it, so Kyler isn't really running that much either. He's 11th among quarterbacks in the NFL in rushing attempts and 10th among quarterbacks in rushing yards. And they've made it clear they don't want to be like, hey, Kyler's not Jalen Hurts. He's not Lamar Jackson. He is not a run-first quarterback. But he's one of the most dangerous runners in the league, and we saw it in the Raiders game. And, and the only reason I even bring it up here, other than the fact that he was asked about it, is early in these games, he doesn't seem to be running much, and they don't seem to be producing any points. In fact, they aren't producing any points. Uh, we come back, we're three weeks in, only two undefeated teams are left somehow. Who do we trust around the National Football League? Max is going to weigh in with us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum Maximum Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle Starts here for uh, one more segment as we look around the National Football League. And, uh, Max, the theme this week is just going to be the fact that we are only three weeks into the season. 
and there are only two undefeated teams left. And I'm not sure. I think people were high on Philly and high on Miami before the season. But I don't think people thought they were going to be the last two undefeated teams standing. I wish I had taken like a screenshot of, of you know, how they do. Vegas has like the you can bet on, on which teams can be the last one standing. I'm guessing neither yeah. one of them were one of the, the top 10 teams that you could uh, you could bet on. Let's start with Miami. How how big of a believer are you in in what they are doing with Mike McDaniel and Tua and obviously just beating Buffalo? Uh, granted, a very depleted Buffalo team on Sunday in South Beach. Well, you you got to take it for a grain of salt. That's a division game, Luke. I mean, you take whatever the division game is. I don't care who it is. If it's against tiddly, if it's playing tiddlywinks, I I want the victory. <laughs> You're going to give me that, and you look at Miami. Miami is two and zero in the division in the first three weeks of the season, like. That's what you have to do. That's what you want because everybody just absolutely you couldn't have told you couldn't have found somebody that watched football and was a fan of football and said the Buffalo Bills weren't going to just be the undefeated team um, going into this week. And yes, depleted injury, injury riddled. Um, but you still went down there. You competed. But this Miami squad is just not to be messed with. I mean, they have a resolve. They can go down. A couple of touchdowns at willed themselves back against the top quarterback right now in the NFL, which is Lamar Jackson. He has the highest efficiency rating, most touchdowns and passing yards. Like, look, he, they went up to Tua went toe to toe with him. But I do think it, it does uh, bother me a little bit and makes me a little bit worried is that Tua with the back injury, right? Yeah. The back, well, the back injury that might have been a concussion that was contused something in his body is contused. We don't know what it is. Um, but Either way, but it's not I think, good. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's, not good for, it's not good for the Dolphins. But I think when you look at the weapons that they had, the offseason acquisitions, Mike McDaniels coming in and bringing that San Francisco you know system with him, and the guys just immediately bought in, and the defense is also playing well. I'm still a little salty about Mel Ingram and what he's doing down in Miami that he couldn't do in Pittsburgh when he was there, mm. as he was complaining. So, yeah. but that's that's, a, that's for a different story. Didn't that's we want him for the Cardinals term. all off season? Wasn't that Melvin Ingram we were talking about, Wolf? Yes, yeah, I, I do believe yeah. so. Yes, yes. Yeah. Good to see of, him thriving somewhere else. You know, speaking of defense, though, um, how about the Philadelphia Eagles? Are you buying them? I am buying them. They're, 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 they were my NFC choice uh, back in the preseason. Um, Ooh. Just, um, yeah. No big deal. Yeah, that, that, wow. That, okay. That, that, that's how, that's how all in I was. Well, I just – I look I, – because I like Jalen Hurts. I know a lot of people are polarized on him. I watched this kid at Alabama since he's been a freshman. And the kid just knows how to win. It's one of those X factors that you can't quantify at Wolf. You know, the, it's that it factor. This kid has it, and he's a very humble kid. He's, he's a kid that works hard, and I just look at even when he got dethroned by Tua in the national championship game and did his time in Alabama and then went on to Oklahoma, he then became a winner at Oklahoma and was a finalist for a Heisman in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be written off after he left you know, the shores of Saban. You know, when you leave Saban, you're never quite as good, and this kid was still as good. And people want to argue, oh, well, he went from system to system. The kid adapted to the systems, and he worked with all of these high. So when you get a Devontae Smith, when you get an A.J. Brown, when you have a Miles Sanders in the backfield, you got that big, imposing, physical, beefy offensive line in front of you. It's business as usual for him. 
Mm-hmm. This is this is just what he does, and he knows how to use his legs, and he also knows how to throw to his receivers. I don't care if he can throw a seventy-yard frozen rope, you know, down a line. The kid knows how to make the right throws, and, now, and he knows how to throw his wide receivers open. And anytime you have that, you're going to have a chance. And then you throw in all of the defensive talent uh, that that they that they acquired, and that they were still acquiring into training camp. They were still making secondary moves when you didn't think that there were secondary moves to be made to bolster this team. And that's why this is a byproduct of those things actually working out right now. Um, and so that's why I looked at it. I said, because I, I really like Jordan Davis. People were talk, trying to knock out, oh, he doesn't play three downs. I don't care if he plays three downs. If the two downs that he's in are as devastating as what he can deliver, you don't need a third down because it's third 19. And there's no 19-yard play in the playbook. Yeah, I don't I care mean, how Eagles good the offense coordinator defense is. is really, really good. As well, they yeah. have a lead pass defense right now, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that, that's a good football team, yeah. top to bottom, in a division that was supposed to be weaker than it is, and maybe it is a weak division, but so far it's actually got the most wins. Uh, Max, I want to ask you about one more team here because I kind of think I believe in them too. They have the second best point differential in all of football behind only Buffalo. And of course, I'm talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I'll tell you why I tend to believe this is at least somewhat real is Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be the guy. He was supposed to be a generational talent and he got off to a rocky start, but he also had a coach that was basically an absentee coach for the first half of the season. Now here we are in year two. Jaguars look pretty good. Uh, so full disclosure, I called that game in, in, uh, in LA this Sunday. Okay. So I, I, so I, I called the Jags chargers game. So you've seen it first. And I saw it firsthand and my former teammate, Deshae Townsend is their cornerbacks coach. Uh, and obviously we know Brinson Buckner's the D line coach there. Mm -hmm. So getting a chance to, uh, to talk to Buck and, uh, and, and see Shea, um, yeah, they're the real deal. I saw we we saw them uh, from the Steelers' perspective. Week two of the preseason, we went down to Jacksonville, and that's when they literally dismantled our offensive line and said that your offensive line is terrible, and that's why we get this question about how good is the offensive line for the Steelers. It's because of Jacksonville. And when you're talking about a team that's leading the league in sacks, a team that is just—they were so overwhelming to this high-powered. Los Angeles Chargers offense that they couldn't muster points. I mean, they were beating up Rashawn Slater. You know, he, he, I think he tore his bicep. I think he's going to be IR'd. Um, in that game, going up against Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen, those two off the edge, it's, it's, it's not fair. And then Dewan Smoot in the middle um, was just absolutely just ripping through Will Clapp, um, who was in there for, for an injured Corey Lindsley, who already wasn't available for the game. But he made Swiss cheese of the A-gap. And then you think about Devin Lloyd being at that backer position. And, and let's face it, Pac-12 people, I think we know that name. I think we've seen that guy terrorize any one of your favorite teams in the Pac-12. I mean, everybody That does, guy was but, responsible yeah. for it. But, but no, I'm saying, but for all of the Pac-12, like if you're Washington, if you're, if yeah. you're Stanford, no, you're if right. you're US, UCLA, he destroyed all of them. I mean, th- th- and he played, and he had an interception in that game, uh, tip ball. And he would have had a second one, but he kind of tripped as he, as he was going to cut the guy off. But, I mean, this defense is just smothering. And so when you have a defense that can turn you the ball over, on the opponents on the plus side of the field, and then you have a solid run game with James Robinson and Travis Etienne in the backfield who are running very hard, an offensive line who who looks like bullies who want to run the football the entire time and then set up the play action. And then Trevor Lawrence 
is just doing what Trevor Lawrence does. He has a great connection with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, and you can see how they just operate. And I, I feel like, yeah, this Jaguars team is different. It's the difference a, a coach makes, isn't it? You know, because yeah. yeah. you said absentee. I said he's an uh, Urban Meyer's another T. I'm not going to say that word yeah. on on, on uh, right. live radio. But but um but it's the difference what a coach that understands his players because he has been a player, and he also has success. He knows what success looks like and has been recent with his time in Philadelphia. So it's amazing when you get all those young, high, highly talented first round draft pick cap- capital that you have pieces and then you put them together with the right mix of maturity. This is what you get right now. Yep. And that's a team that you think about this. The Colts just beat the Chiefs and they stonewalled the Colts and hung 31 on the Colts. Yeah. And Pat Mahomes could only get 17 points on that squad. So j- that just lets you know that th- this is a for real Jaguars team. Well, I'm sold. Uh, Max, thanks thanks as always. We'll talk to you again next week, all right? All right. Sounds good, guys. Have a great rest of your week. All right, you thanks, too. Thanks, brother.